Well, welcome all of our campuses, Prosper, McKinney, Frisco West, all of us here at Frisco East, all of you watching online around the world, whoever you are, wherever you are, glad you're here. Happy Easter. So good. Yeah, it's so good to see a building used, finally. Man, so cool. You know what? No matter why you're here, no matter how you came to this service, whatever campus you may be attending, I believe that you're here for a reason. I don't believe it's by accident that you walk through those doors or that somebody sent an invitation, invited you, just said, hey, why don't you come along before lunch? Why don't we all gather as a family together? Let's go to service. I don't believe you're here by accident. In fact, we're all here for one reason, and it's found in Matthew 28. Let's take a look. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were frightened, very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. This is the reason why we're here. Whether you believe it or not, whether you believe that story, believe in Jesus, in a God, you're here, we're here because of this story. In church tradition for, I don't even know how long, maybe as a greeting during resurrection week, there would be the tradition of the pastor or the teacher, the priest, who would say to the people, he is risen, and they would say, okay, let's, let's try that again. That's all right. That's all right. Wake up. Wake up. Here. The pastor would say, he is risen, and the people would say, he is risen indeed. Yeah, he is risen indeed, and that is indeed why we're here. For five weeks now, this is the fifth weekend, we have been in a series that we've called King of Kings. And the whole idea of this series was to lead us to this weekend, Resurrection Weekend. The, the series was called King of Kings, and we visited some of the kings of Israel in the Old Testament, starting with Saul, David, Solomon. Last weekend, we talked about the king that was undesired, and that is Jesus, because they had created a different kind of Jesus in their minds to worship and when they found out that he wasn't going to do what they thought he was going to do, they turned on him. Instead of worshiping 
on Palm Sunday, a few days later, they would say, crucify him, crucify him. The heart of the series, though, if you've not been with us, the heart of the series is this, to acknowledge and deal with the consistent struggle to replace God's leadership with kings other than Jesus. And the the whole reason I, I say it like that is because Israel came to Samuel the prophet in the Old Testament and said, hey, we want a king. We're tired of just God, just following God. We want a physical representation like the other countries around us. We want a king. And they got a king, and guess what? They were disappointed. As good and as popular as David was, David failed. Solomon, as wise as he was, he failed. And any, any replacement of God's leadership is going to be a disappointment. It's going to be a failure. And we, we can look back at Scripture and criticize them, or we can understand that we're just like them. And we struggle in replacing God's leadership with other kings, with other leaders. Speaking of leaders, I brought my friend with me. This is one of the Caesars of Rome. You fast forward from the Old Testament and the kings of the Old Testament, about a hundred or so years, maybe a little bit more than that, Rome started to rise in power about the time of Jesus, a little before that. But Julius Caesar, being the first emperor of Rome, his son Caesar Augustus, who sent out a decree that the world should be taxed, and they had to go to their ancestral home, and that's where Jesus was born, in Bethlehem. That was Caesar Augustus. And then Tiberius, Claudius, Nero, and so forth, Caligula, many Caesars. And as Rome developed over the years, it was thought that and believed even that Caesar, any of the Caesars, any of the leaders of Rome would be our, our gods. Now, Rome worshipped many gods, but Caesar would be one of them. In fact, it was inscribed in many places, Caesar is Lord. And it became a law where you had to acknowledge that Caesar is Lord. Now, we, if you know church history at all, you know that in the first century, the disciples and so on had a, another slogan that they borrowed from Rome, except they would change the name, and they would say, Jesus is Lord. That's not why they were persecuted, though. Many of us think that, well, because, because they said Jesus is Lord, because they uplifted Jesus as a God, that that, that was why Rome eventually persecuted them, but that's not why. Rome had many gods, and you could worship whoever you wanted, along with the acknowledgement that Caesar is also Lord, that he is God. And that's why the Christians, for over 250 years, would be martyred, burned at the stake, thrown into stadiums where wild animals would tear them apart in front of the people. They would die, not because they said Jesus is Lord. They would die because they would not acknowledge Caesar as Lord. Well, I've thought about this, and I've been hardly able to stand waiting until this weekend. 
Because as we've talked about King of Kings and, and the title that was given to Jesus in the New Testament, Paul, John the Revelator, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And I think that at first glance, King of Kings, oh, he, so he's, he's king over king. He's king over Caesar. He's, now, Caesar's powerful, or King George of England is powerful, or whoever from France or Spain or the Germanic tribes who would overthrow Rome or whatever power, he's a little greater. He is greater than them. And at first glance, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, <clears throat> you might think that, yeah, 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 he's, he's greater than Caesar. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? Our God is better than your God. Now, this is true that Jesus is King of Kings, but I, but I feel like that, that falls short of the power in which the title King of Kings illustrates. Because to say that Jesus is king over Caesar, well, that doesn't say much. Because Caesar's dead. In fact, all the Caesars would die, some of them by their inner circle. Julius Caesar, killed by his own inner circle. Caesars or kings or queens could be conquered. They could be overthrown, voted out. Presidents, prime ministers, tribal leaders, military leaders, all of them. It, to say that Jesus is, he's king over, over all the kings of the world, it says really nothing. Does that make sense? Because they're an earthly power and they are here today, gone tomorrow. Again, it's true that Jesus is king of all of these kings. And he is Lord of all of these lords, but I think there's not something missing. Because there are two kings that you and I and those who have lived before us and those who will live after us, there are two kings in which that cannot be defeated. There are two leaders in which we cannot escape. Kings in which we cannot vote out. We cannot overpower we cannot, for the life of us, escape these two kings. Sin and death. Now, sin, king sin, we're very familiar with. Some of you more familiar than others, but some of us know how to sin. Now, you might think, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this thought, but you, maybe you've had a good spiritual day. Let's just say you've had a, I mean, you, were, you helped an elderly lady across the street. You did something nice at work. You were nice to your wife or your friends or your, your children or your husband or you know, whatever. I mean, you just look at the end of the day and you look back at the day and you go, man, God's kind of lucky to have me on his team. <laughs> you know, I kind of represented him well today. Can I be honest with you that on your best and my best day, sin still reigns. You, can, you and I cannot escape the power of sin. No one, none righteous, no not one. On your best spiritual day, 
You could lock yourself up in a room for the rest of your life and you still cannot overpower sin. It rules you and it rules me. Now it's twin brother, death, king death, is similar. Now, don't get mad at me. Hear me out. Many of us clock our miles and our steps, and we put ourselves on programs, and we put ourselves, we make the the most God-awful drinks to drink so that we will live longer. We take pills of all kinds. We look at social media and we see pills that will do this and will do that. And we buy them. I don't do that, but I'm sure I've heard you do that. (laughs) We go to the ends of the earth to find the fountain of youth. We go through multiple surgeries. Can I just be honest with you? You're going to (laughs) die. I don't care how many miles you run. I don't care how many uh, salmon, how much salmon you eat. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you live. You and I are going to die. I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying we are going to die. So why not just have fun? (laughs) Cheese enchiladas, ranch dressing with your chips, jalapeno ranch. Oh, look it. You guys are slobs, right? I mean... (laughs) Man, but do you understand what I'm saying? No matter how much, how hard you try, how hard we try, and it's not, and listen, I, please no emails from the, the health people. I love you, and, and I love health. We've got to take good care of our bodies. We've got to eat right and so forth. We're good stewards, right, of finances, of our body. And so, so I'm not saying anything against that. All I'm saying is I'm kind of making fun at your expense. <laughs> but you and I are going to die. You cannot get away from this. Sin and death rule. But, Romans chapter 5. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. So God says, this is the way to live. I've, I've created you. I've wired you a certain way. This is the best way to live. Don't do this, don't do that, because those will hurt you. They will, they, there will be consequences to your life, not just with me, but, but with those around you. And so the law was given so that we could see how sinful we really are, because on your best day and on my best day, we still break the law. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people, past, present, future, sin reigns and brought them to death, two things, sin and death. Now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 15 like this, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 3.23. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God he, listen, he gives us victory. He gives us victory. He didn't just have victory. He didn't just die on the cross for himself so that he could prove to Satan, that he could prove to his father that, hey, I, I really did it. 
He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, this is why we're here. Because that, that cross where He took upon Himself our sin and that empty tomb where He rose from the grave, He defeated the only two kings that will ever live. The only two kings that we cannot escape. He defeated them. And He brings us into the victory. Sin and death no more. Now stay with me. One more verse. You know it well. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now this is a powerful Scripture. And perhaps you were raised to think, maybe in a church that you were raised in, maybe in the home that you were raised in, maybe a concept you picked up from movies or something, but eternal life, the formula for it was looks something like this, Jesus plus something equals eternal life. And that something would be Jesus plus our good works, Jesus plus our penance, Jesus plus our attempt to really be good. Jesus plus our righteousness. I've heard, it, I've heard it said like this on multiple occasions. It's usually a country guy. And he will say, man, I hope at the end of the day, when I go to, I hope at the end of my life, it's more good than bad. Have you ever heard that guy? <laughs> Can I just tell you it doesn't work that way? One bad overrides all good. Guys, eternal life doesn't come because Jesus came and you are good, or I am good. It doesn't, be, it doesn't come, eternal life doesn't come because Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, and we have our responsibility. In fact, the formula looks more like this. Jesus plus nothing equals eternal life. This is why we're here. This is the good news of the gospel. That it's not that you have to work for it to get into heaven. Now, I'm not saying that because there's grace and because of his great love for us that we just, oh, we're just going to sin. And uh, that's not what I'm saying. That's not it. But... It's not the gospel if you add something to Jesus. That's religion. Jesus plus nothing equals eternal life. And my question for you, as John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, that's us, that he sent his only begotten son, that's Jesus, so that whoever would do good works. Whoever would live righteously. Now, what does he say? Whoever would believe. And my question is, do you believe? Not do you, I know many of us, 
maybe you're watching, maybe you're here and you don't believe, but most of us do. But do you have other Caesars that you also believe in? I'm not talking about physical ones. I'm talking about things that we acknowledge as Lord as, as well as Jesus. Guys, the early church gave their lives because they would not acknowledge any other Lord but Jesus. But many of us live our lives acknowledging other Lords along with Jesus. And what do I mean by that? Some of us feel like we are overrun by sin and we are overrun by despair or depression or discouragement or hopelessness, addiction of all kinds. And sometimes out of our mouth, we just say, man, they just rule me. I can't, I can't, I can't get away from it. Well, well, yes, you're right. You can't. But because of what Jesus has done, can I just submit to you? Stop acknowledging other things as Lord in your life. Stop acknowledging anyone but Jesus as Lord of your life. You may struggle. This life is not perfect, and neither are you. And I promise you, those of you who are believers, I promise you, you've sinned after you believed. So you know what I'm saying is true. You're going to deal with sin for the rest of your life. I'm not giving you license to do it. Again, I'm not saying, hey, go out and just live what you want to do. No, that's not what I'm doing because be, there's consequences to that. It will only bring you pain and destruction. However, in Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, He is the King over all that sin. He is the King over all your mess. And He is the Lord above all lords. There is none other. No one compares to Him. That's why He is that's why we entitled this series, and for five weeks I've been ready, ready being, uh, couldn't wait to say it. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Whatever sin, whatever thing you're worried about, fearful about, death, whatever, resurrection and life. Uh, John 11, Jesus said, I am the res resurrection and the life. Though you die, if you believe in me, you will live forever. That's the good news that he is the king over sin and he is the king over death. So let me come back to the question. Do you believe in who Jesus said he was? Do you believe that he is the king of kings? Not those kind of kings. The other kind of kings that rise up in our lives that we acknowledge. I'm just going to submit to you today, today's the day for you to lay those Caesars down, to acknowledge that only Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords over your life. You may be dealing with addiction. You may be dealing with all kinds of stuff in your life that you didn't ask for. Some of it you brought on yourself. Can you rest in the fact that he defeated sin, past, present, and future? Your sins past, your sins now, your sins in the future. He has defeated that. That's the good news. And death, we don't fear death. 
because he has defeated death. And even though we die, and we will, we will live forever. And that's why it's called eternal life. So would you bow your heads across all of our campuses, close your eyes. And if you're here today, and John, you'd just be honest and say, John, you know what? I need to, I need to stop acknowledging Caesars, other lords. Maybe that Caesar in your life is unbelief. Maybe you're like Thomas, and, and, and you're, you just have this way about you that you just have trouble believing what you're told. I'm going to invite you to lay that Caesar down. I'm going to invite you to lay whatever Caesar in your life down. And on this Easter, 2021, you would allow the King of kings and the Lord of lords to be your King and to be your Lord. If you're here today across all of our campus, even watching online, if you're here today and that's you, you need to take that step to acknowledge that Jesus is the King of kings. Would you just raise your hand and say, John, pray for me because that is me. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes. Thank you. Anybody else saying, you know what, I need to, I need to get, for once and once and for all, I need to come to Jesus. Make him my king. Yeah. Lord, thank you so much for your love and grace and, and the story and the, and the message. The cross, the empty tomb, it all points to freedom for us. That you really are the king of sin and you really are the king of death. We don't have to fear any of those things because we are free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we accept your invitation. We make you the King and Lord of our lives. We repent of our sin and our way of doing things. We lay down every Caesar we can think of that we have acknowledged as a Lord. And we fully commit our lives to you, Jesus, the true King of Kings.